Super Talk Mississippi media production. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We're having a bit of a pandemic diversion today on Coast View. We've got our friend um, Brad Arnold from Three Doors Down, and uh, we we're just having a conversation about his early life, and then you know he, he we, he's getting to the point he's about to write Kryptonite. And as the story goes, Brad, you were 15 years old. You were you had just gotten come from your creative uh, class writing class you were in your algebra class and you and you wrote the, the lyrics in one class tell I us did. you know what i wrote the lyrics to that song in not much longer than the length of time it just took me to write them down it was just kind of one of those songs that that just kind of fell out of the sky and and i think my songwriting has continued to be that way you know i have a i still deal with i just the problem I have of just I can't sit down in the studio and write a song. I, it just kind of hits me, and and that song did did just that, you know. Um, I, I like you say I had a creative writing class like right before lunch, and I loved creative writing, and I, and I was terrible at math, which is the class I wrote the song in. And, uh, and but you know I, I guess we do those writing exercises and stuff in that in that uh, in that creative writing class, and and I always enjoyed that. And I guess I'd go into into lunch and kind of feed my brain a little bit. And then I'd just sit in my math class and write these songs. And, you know, it was Kryptonite, but it was also about four other songs on that record that I wrote in that same class. <laughs> but, you know, I suppose with Kryptonite in particular, it didn't have as much meaning to me then as it does now. And in a sense, it was almost like words that rhymed. But looking back on it, it, it mm -hmm. made it. I was asking myself a question, whether really without asking myself. Let's do a this. Let's do this. I want to come back to that in a second. And while we okay. got Kenny Vest with us, who was the programming director at CPR, I want to I want to talk about the next steps after that. But that beat, did you have that in your head when you wrote it on a disc? That's, that's really? just tapping on a disc. I can yeah. see. I used to tap on a disc a lot myself, man. Absolutely. You know, and that's the common thread with drummers. I think there's we share. Every drummer shares it. We've all been told to stop beating on things our entire life. My wife tells me every day not to do that. Mine too, still, every right day. now. So, um, so what happened after that? So you, you wrote the song. Let's just get through the point. You, you recorded it. How did you end up on CPR? Talk about that. Well, we recorded the song in, uh, I think, 96, I think it was, or not, maybe 97, down at Holly House Recording Studio there in, in Biloxi. And I, actually, I think he was over in Gulfport. Um, but so we recorded there and, and uh, went and made that demo there and and um, had a thousand copies of it made. And, you know, we played at all the bars there along the coast, mostly over in Moth Point, but we'd come along over to, like, Hammerheads and Orangutans and stuff and Mustang Sally's over in Biloxi in Gulfport. And we played around through there. And, um, you know, and at, we'd sell our CDs at our shows and stuff. What well, at the time... Uh, CPR had a local radio show, a uh, local homegrown show that they did uh, once a month on Sunday nights, and we went on that show several times, and uh, and uh, and they played songs on there, and we play acoustic and stuff, and you know we had a relationship that we would do shows that the uh, CPR was having affiliation with or was sponsoring or whatever or what have you, and you know we, I think the song made might have 
they done okay, you know, on that show, I suppose. And, and maybe it's because we were just sitting there, and it was our friends. But, uh, but you know, I think maybe this whole started getting some requests and uh, on that. And you know, we begged Kenny for a while to play it. And, and at the time, we didn't have a clue that a program director can't just add some yahoos. That so let's do play on the radio. Brad, let's do this. Let's turn to Kenny. Kenny, so when did you hear the song for the first time? And, and kind of pick it up from there. You know, I didn't actually hear it on the Homegrown show, even though I know it was played on the show. Uh, it was sitting on my desk, the CD, and I was commuting back and forth uh, from Louisiana to the coast, and I popped it in on the way home, and I listened to that song literally 15 times in a row. I was like, my goodness, this song, this song's a hit. And so uh, the next morning on my commute into Mississippi back to uh, the radio station, I called our morning show, Kevin Cruz and, and Chuck Edwards, bless them both, they both passed away, um, and told them to put the song on. So uh, they put the song on the morning show, and when I got to the radio station, I was like, what kind of response did you get? And, and the phones were still ringing. And uh, we played it again, and the same response. The phones just blew up, and you can tell... You know, you can see past the, the family and the friends. These were legitimate people asking, you know, who's, who's singing this song, where they can buy it. And uh, from there, it just snowballed. It just blew up. And uh, I guess you can say the rest is history. I mean, it went from uh, playing it on a, on a Sunday night uh, homegrown show to the number one song in the country in multiple formats. It was, it was unbelievable. And it won't do that again, will it, Kenny? I mean, the multiple formats. No, what format? Tell us about that. The landscape of radio now, like uh, Kryptonite was number one on the active rock chart, which is uh, new rock, which is what CPR is. Um, it was number one on the alternative chart, number one on uh, heritage rock, mainstream rock, and then the coveted CHR, which is top 40, which is uh, the equivalent to Taylor Swift and Drake today. Kryptonite was number one on the pop chart, and I don't think that'll ever be done again, but it was number one on multiple charts, and uh, it was just it was one of the biggest hits of the, of the 90s and, and early 2000s. It was, uh, it was unbelievable. And then you arranged for them to play at CPR Fest. Yeah, they played on the local stage. We had two stages back then, and, and they all run together to me, so I can't remember if we had two days that year or what, but Brad, do you remember? I'm, I'm pretty sure it was right before you guys got signed, we brought you up on the main stage to do Kryptonite, and I yep. think Collective Soul was the headliner, if I'm not mistaken. Somebody yeah, was. Wow. And uh, they let you guys use their drum kit, and, and you got up there nervous as all hell and uh, <laughs> killed it. Uh, you, you know, we're all we're all backstage, and at these festivals, you have record companies, and you have, you know, tour managers, and, and it's like everybody kind of stopped because nobody backstage really knew who they were. And they're up there doing kryptonite, and you've got 15,000 kids out there singing every word. And when the song was over, the place went absolutely nuts, you know, on, on the grounds of the Coast Coliseum. So Brad, we all looked at each other, and we're like, like my goodness, there is something oh, special no. here. And uh, no, no. it just blew off, blew up from there. But uh, you remember that, Brad? Absolutely. I, absolutely. I remember that like it was yesterday. That, man, it was, it was amazing. It was, I mean, it was so surreal that it was, <clears throat> it could kind of slip by you. I mean, you know what I mean? It could kind of slip by you as being 
as as being that really actually just happened. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, I mean, I, I, it really was. It, I, it was it was surreal. It was a surreal moment. And you know, and that is, and we've talked about we've talked about Kenny helping us and starting to play our song and stuff and getting assigned to. But what what we've never really also talked about is is behind the scenes. Kenny also was a great deal. Oh, we owe great Kenny a great deal of our success in a sense that he helped us also pick a manager. He helped us when we were talking to a record companies about who, I mean, we asked him advice about a lot of stuff there. And he told us things that other people would not have told us anybody. And mm-hmm. we owe him a great deal for that too. And wow. wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Kenny, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, what a great part of the story you were. And, um, and we'll, we'll, we'll uh, sign off with you now. You have All a great right, you're day, welcome. Bye. Thank you, Ricky. See you, Brad. Take care, man. Talk to you soon. See you, brother. Love you, man. God bless you. So, Brad, shifting gears a little bit, what's so interesting to me about kryptonite, let's go back to the words of kryptonite for a minute. But let's, uh, before we do it, so people can have it in their heads, Cal, why don't you play that little snippet from kryptonite? Um, the song that the song unleashed unbelievable future for you guys let's go back to the words for a second though you said that you were looking for rhyme and whatever it's interesting your interpretation of the song over the many years since 20 years in in fact since Uh, at a basic level though what I see is a young man who was who wanted to be incredibly successful so you knew there was a chance you wouldn't be but you thought well, you know, there's a chance you may be just the opposite of successful and will people still love you. But if you're super successful, will they be jealous of you? You were literally envisioning yourself success at that moment. And you, you were so focused on becoming successful. You were visualizing that. Is that true? I, you know what? I, ne- I didn't realize that at the time, but we were. We were. I mean, and I, di- I didn't realize it at the time, but... It it never seemed out of the realm of possibility that it could happen. You know what I'm saying? It never seemed like it couldn't. And we didn't know, you know, and, and like I tell people, I've told people this for 20 years. It just did not happen to us like it happens. You know what I mean? You, I mean, it don't, it happened to us like you see it happening on a movie. That's yeah. not how it works out. You know what I'm saying? It's not. What an I amazing mean, series of circumstances. It, it really, really is. And, and um, you know, I didn't, I look back on my life, you know, I don't say this uh, boastfully. I don't say anything like that. I don't mean it arrogantly or anything, but it's like. Hold your thought. Hold your thought. This is Brad Arnold from Three Doors Down. We'll pick it up right there when we come back from the break. Okay. We'll see you after the break. And I don't think I can look at this the same. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. A Supertalk Mississippi media production.